After the washing machine stops, I am Wiggly. I am one of your hosts on the Arcade Weekly. Welcome, everyone, to Arcade Weekly, the friendly show of shut your fucking mouth, everybody, because we're going to open the mics. On the uh, Skype pipe is, I can why can I, why do I, why must I always say, uh, on the, uh, Skype pipe? Why must I always say, uh? <laughs> That's what it's technically called, the, uh, Skype pipe. <laughs> oh, well, then I'm not wrong. Then no. I like it. Kyle Von Kubik is here. Hello. He's suffering the browns. He's down with the brown. <laughs> so uh, he might drop off every now and again. Then we have to wait for the goobers outside to reconnect his internets. Yeah. Internet, I mean. On the other Skype pipe is a phone from New Jersey. That's Keith the Robo Duke. Hello, and a boy. He's back again. I'm back. Good. Today's show, we're going to do an arcade game. Stinky's not here. Oh, yeah, in the booth, Don Fennin. Why well, have another pack of cigarettes, Don? Uh, <laughs> this T3 isn't giving me cancer from just being in a room with me. Is the, isn't the Nobody smoke kind of bad for the equipment in there? <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Yeah, he's some of that shit's Fisher Price. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> other, well, he's other. got the Mr. Microphone in there? <laughs> I'll be very good looking. Be back to pick you up later. Other stuff's not plugged in. Biomechanical toy. Let's, just yeah. get, let's get right into this. Biomechanical toy by our favorite company, Zeus. Yeah. Zeus. <laughs> Zeus, the god Zeus, 1995, Zeus created, or in uh, Jailco, Galco actually uh, was also involved with this somehow. Galco. Gilico? Well, that's what you would think. (laughs) It's G A E L C O. So, Gale-co. Gale-co, I don't know. Who the hell does our, does our friend Johnny Capcom know anything about it? Is it like Gaelish he knows, Co? Yeah, he, he knows a lot about it. He's not on the show right now, though. And oh, you know darn. who knows about it? Chris. He's not on the show right now. Hopefully he'll get on the show. We don't know. He might be taking a bath. Uh, but we were supposed to review Zool, 1992 yeah. Zool. I didn't even realize. could get it to play. Because no. I didn't even realize there was an arcade version of Zool. I, I feel like it's a trick. I looked it up, and yeah. the machine looks kind of fake. Well, we've reviewed games like that in the past. <laughs> That's true. Puckman, Pockyman, yep. uh, Pikachu. Genie 2000. <laughs> Definitely does not look like a proper cabinet. <laughs> Wall not? Street does not look like a proper cabinet. <laughs> now, that's a great game. Let's, let's Zool looks like they easy. just like threw the ROM for the SNES version in there, maybe. and yeah, just possible. Now, Zool 2 for the Jaguar right there. Bang. 64-bit, baby. Ain't going to get higher than that. What was he, the, Trevor the ninja McFur. from the nth dimension? 
Trevor <laughs> McFerrin. Yes, that's it. Yeah. I drove for like 15 hours straight around Pennsylvania and I uh, could not find this fucking arcade game. So I think it's a farce. Yes, I think it's a red Zulene. Yeah. It's a ninja. That's probably I don't hiding. think we missed out on anything. No. Biomechanical Toy was a side-scroller uh, gun platformer that I thought mm. would be a good fit in here. Shove that in here. And I sort of just picked this out of my ass as far as wasn't on the run sheet at all. As I mentioned, Biomechanical Toy, of course, a side-scrolling running gun platformer. What else would it be? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you're mechanical, you're biological, and you're a toy running gun yeah. shooter. I thought you would be. I thought it was going to be like, what was the game on the Saturn with the little clockwork night? Hey. Was it called Clockwork Night? Hey, how about I get to the uh, making mechanics? Okay, let's do that. Yeah, why well, jump ahead when I can jump now? So this is our side-scrolling platformer. Here's what I picked up uh, I went into making mechanics of this title. 1985, we're going to go back 10 years earlier with the uh, mm. Ghosts and Goblins. For oh, the yeah, arcade okay. for the for by the Capcom. I see that because that happens, you know. Nineteen eighty seven, we had Contra in the arcade. Now, do you feel comfortable calling Ghosts and Goblins a run and gun? The jumps are happening, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he shoots some things. Yeah, no, I think it is a run and gun game. Yeah, uh, Ghosts and Goblins. You don't punch anybody. No. So what the fuck? Hey, just because do? you're throwing a lance, some people might like when you get upset when I call uh, Donkey Kong Three a shooter. No, I don't. I just got it confused with something else. Oh, By the okay. way, our most popular gimmick that we ever do, the month starts next week. Shmup-tember. Shmup-tember! It's been called. Stinky has told me that we are now going to call it Shoot-tember. <laughs> and he's like allowed that. me, well, he's allowed me to call it Shoot-tember, and that's what we're going to do, and that's why I can be on the show. And finally going to get to Chris Hardwick's recommendation for Berserk, kicking off Shoot Timber, bringing in Robotron for our buddy Chris Hardwick. And that's been approved, stamped, sealed, and delivered. Because here's somebody on the Twitter, they're doing the Shmups, Sun Shmup Day or something. The what? Shum Shmup Day. Yeah, Sundays are Shmup Days at Carvel. Oh, some shrub shmum days. <laughs> some schmuck anyway, on a Sunday. <laughs> anyway, uh, 1989. Let's get back into this. 1989, we have Strider by Capcom and Sega in the arcade. We have 1989. We have Revenge of Shinobi on the Sega Genesis by Sega, which I got to tell you, Strider, Revenge of Shinobi, it's really a hard toss-up because what you might give away slightly in graphic processing power, you make up in the depth, and you have those giant magic things you use in, in Revenge of Shinobi. I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty close call. And even when Strider came to the Genesis, I think Revenge of Shinobi outshone shined that. Outshmup Sunday did. That. Yeah. 1988, we had the Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, the arcade by Capcom, which was the follow up to the Ghosts and Gooblins. So now we have the 1980. Yeah, Gooblins. Uh, you ever see that movie? Goobies. Goobies? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've no. never seen Gooby. I know oh, there's a movie see, out there called did you Goobies. See, did you see Ghanies? It has that, you know. I think you're trying big, to say Goonies. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, with Sleuth? Yeah, Sleuth. It's uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, Sleuth and Mickey. Only Mickey Rourke. 1988, Ghouls and Ghosts came out. Now, once again, similar, because it's the same, almost, better graphics and whatnot. 1998, we had SNK Cyberlip, which I was surprised. I thought Cyberlip was a rip on Gunstar Heroes. Mm -hmm. And here I'm wrong. 
by two years. So I guess Cyberlip was just a rip on Bionic Commando, playing, making a Bionic Commando that I actually wanted to play because uh, <laughs> I was a big Neo Geo guy. Second favorite system, Neo Geo. 1990 Cyberlip. Uh, 1992 Zool came out by Gremlin Graphics, and it only came out for the home console. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying that. Source I agree. It. Show go me on Wikipedia right now. Show me an arcade version of this. That's you know. not just a black cabinet that right. looks like somebody built it in their garage. Yeah. I think this is Polybius 2 Zool's Revenge. Okay. Yeah. Uh, digging deep. 1993 came out. 1993, three years after Cyberlip, was Treasure's Gunstar Heroes for the mm. Genesis. I want to run down some treasure games, but not right now. And I don't even know if we'll have time. But boy, what a great company they were for the Genesis. Yeah, I mean, and I was immediately reminded of Gunstar Heroes when I played a biomechanical toy. It feels yeah. very similar and almost looks somewhat similar in style. Yeah, it hit a lot of notes for mm-hmm. me as well. And let us not forget 1993. Also, Jim Power and the Lost Dimension in 3D by uh, Electrobrain. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Remember that great game? Came with paper 3D glasses. Great to rent from uh, Blockbuster. <laughs> really good having those soggy fucking brown 3D glasses to put You're on. You're lucky enough to have those 3D glasses. It only had the red. <laughs> yeah, and you got the red eye from using it. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Electrobrain, also uh, one of the first uh, companies that I was excited about when the American launch of the N64 came out because of how Dual Heroes looked. Mm. Now, of course, how Dual Heroes played was another story. But if you remember Dual Heroes for the N64, now this is where Chris would have come in handy because, you know, he he knows all that shit. But it was sort of looked like uh, you were Power Rangers jumping around. It was a 3D fighter. And, of course, it didn't play very well on the N64. No, of course not. But, you know, really had me interested because of the photos of it that would appear in the magazines. And also, mm-hmm. Electrobrain would release a lot of Hudson stuff, um, license it out for the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and whatnot. Also, 93, Soccer Kid, I have to bring that in. <laughs> um, Why? Well, you know, I'll tell you what, man, the 3DO, when that came out for the 3DO in 94, yeah. boy, people were clamoring about it, you know. All of a sudden, it was like, Greatest platform game ever! It's like Mario with a soccer! Mm. No, it isn't. It's like a game from England. <laughs> That's uh, where you you'd literally walk around with the soccer ball and use it to kick into enemies, right? Yes. That was like the worst part of Mega Man 8. <laughs> Do you remember that? That was one no. of his suits. Was He would drop a fucking soccer ball and kick it around. Oh, 8, 8. Yeah, the uh, one on the PlayStation. Yeah, he had it in that, and he also had it in Marvel vs. Capcom as Fucking well. Fucking garbage. Absolute yeah. garbage. Yeah, totally. You know what's funny, Wiggly? You said game from England. Yeah. And it's funny is I know exactly what you mean, <laughs> but I can't describe it. Uh, I will. Uh, I can. Ugly fucking art. <laughs> Actually, I think... Very the, off-putting art. I think the art might not be that bad if it didn't have to move. Yeah, because everything moves so like robotic, kind of like a Bakshi cartoon. Oh my like god! A- if you go on this again, <laughs> I will like reach through the Asterix. This. Well, Asterix is actually not bad. The animation in that was pretty good. Yeah, if I it's, remember correctly. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not well, as good as we remember. The style is European, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah but, that's what I mean when yeah when you say from England. I think that very it's a very distinct cartoon style. I always bag on the European style, but it works sometimes. Like with Braid. 
You know the game Braid? Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, that's super European, but it looks good and it works. A lot of times when we saw the European style in North America, it was not a very good game. Right. I'm sure there's many, many games that came out of Europe that are very good. It's just what we saw in North America normally were just like cheap knockoffs of other games. Well, see, or porno games like, you know, Excelsior or the other ones we've talked about in previous episodes. But when like Shadow of the Beast was really announced, that was a big deal because a lot of these games from Europe were praised or loved by the PC market mm-hmm. in America. But when they came to the consoles, it was... Too little, too late, I think. You know, the draws of those titles did not outweigh the flaws of them when they finally... Like, Shout of the Beast is a perfect example. Here you have all these cool things, like your Satan running around and stuff, mm. and you look like Nemesis from AD 2000 and all this other thing, but then you play it and you kick and you play it. It's like playing Ninja Warriors. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so Soccer Kid came out. Now, this is interesting is that Soccer Kid, Jim Power, the Lost Dimension in 3D, came out the same year as Treasure's Gunstar Heroes. Now, they do not stack up against that type of quality. And uh, it's nice mm-hmm. that Treasure could push people forward. Treasure always made pretty looking games, um, I think. Yes. And uh, then they really stepped up with the speed on Gunstar Heroes. Most well-known game, I think, for them before this was McDonald Land, mm-hmm. which people loved, even though they hated McDonald's. Um, I was more of a global gladiators guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was Planet, right? Captain Planet? No, that was, oh, a, that was, that McDonald's. was a McDonald's game. Yeah, oh, it was. Sega like Genesis, right? Uh, yeah, I believe it was on the Genesis. I think I rented it years ago because my uncle had a Genesis, and I think I was staying with my grandma and... <laughs> The animation in that particular game will blow your fucking mind, though, because it's um, splooshy because you're fighting like sludge enemies. And the way that they sploosh about is really impressive. Oh, interesting. It looks really nice, but it falls into that whole Captain Planet environmental save everything kind of. (laughs) We all know how environmentally conscious McDonald's is. Oh, yeah, of course, man. <laughs> With you know, all those, styrofoam uh, containers. In the <laughs> all those Arch Deluxe containers. Or, <laughs> or the, no, the McDLT, was that the one? One well, of them, sure. Why not send people to space in those junk piles of that? Now, here comes uh, Kyle's uh, blowing into it. 1994 Clockwork Night by Sega for the Sega Saturn. <laughs> and then uh, Clockwork Night 2 came out in 96. Very similar in theme to what this biomechanical toy is, is or should well in some things. I, never, I didn't play either okay. uh, Clockwork Nights. I just, when uh, you suggested this title, I, I was picturing that in my head when I was sure. flipping through video game magazines of that time and I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, that looks cool, but it's on the Saturn, so I'm never going to play this. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, if you get a chance, Clockwork Night 2 is a little bit more polished as far as the graphics go. They, the poly don't bother you as much. Now, this is this is like Donkey Kong Country style artwork. You know, you cut out uh, pre-rendered graphics and gotcha. then shove them in okay. there. But Clockwork Night Two is a lot more realized. But in Clockwork Night, you run into the backgrounds as well, so you do some things in the back, some things in the foreground. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a neat draw. You also have wind-up stuff and things, and you put the keys in the holes and the right. Key. Which I was expecting a lot of that mm-hmm. in this game. I was mm-hmm. expecting the everything's wound up or battery operated that doesn't really happen in biomechanical toy not so much yeah you wonder how much was bio how much was mechanical and how much was was toy not toy yeah i think it's all just it's all magic i i have one uh, making mechanics can i throw in not yet no okay i'll wait 
because I have to announce the name for Clockwork Night in Japan. Oh. Clockwork Night Pepper Rauchow's Adventure, first volume. Oh, his name is Pepper Rauchow? Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Oh, really? 1994 <laughs> Zool 2 for the Jaguar, Das, and the Amiga. Mm. And 1995 uh, Biomechanical Toy by Zeus. Yeah, you tell yours now. Does it come before or after Biomechanical Toy? It, it comes before Biomechanical Okay, Keith, let me hit it. Hit me. It comes before everything. Because I would like to say... Impossible! Uh, eight, oh, no, not impossible. Is it Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus did create everything. So, right. I mean, everything goes back to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay. Oh, but, God. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, no, you know, there's a lot of, like, chess theme thing going on, cards and checkerboards and all this stuff. So, I'd like to cite 1865's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little bit of a feel of that going in here. All right, that's a real dumb pool. Oh, stop it, you jerk! All right, <laughs> yeah, I got I got that feeling too with the chess sets sure. and things, and that's what led me astray. Where I thought it was going to be more toy oriented, mm-hmm. and there's just certain segments where, like, oh yeah, I'm in a room, but then I'm in a mystical forest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I'm back in a room somewhere, yeah. and. At the end of the mystical forest, I'm fighting a computer or a computer virus. Oh no, the computer virus was at the end of the train to hell. Oh, yeah. the train to hell. Well, okay, yeah. let's Which not get ahead of that ourselves. Could work, now we're getting to the like I was on a, a toy train. So when you get to the front of a toy train, it's got a fucking crank in it. So shut up. Now it does go. have a key. That's right. And you have to you know attack the key to yes. stop the train. I do want to add one making mechanic. Okay. Um, it was probably missed by both you guys because we talk about it so often. It's a game that came out afterwards, but I got a vibe about Metal Slug 1996. And I picked that game because of the rescue element oh, yeah. that is mm-hmm. in Metal Slug. It's also in this game to a point. Sure, sure. I wanted to bring up the Army Men franchise, but that wouldn't start until 1997. And it doesn't really share anything in common with it, except the fact of being disappointed. I thought here, you know, you're going to have these army men. It's going to be so cool to play as little army men and you're fighting wars. But unfortunately, it was a big letdown. And the Toy Commander on the Dreamcast was much better. Toy Commander? That kind of feel. Yeah, and the, Toy Commander uh, 1999 on the Dreamcast. Sure. But I wouldn't get my real satisfaction until 2010's Toy Soldier for the 360. Even though that was more of a strategy, you know, hexagonal type of war game, I really felt like. Uh, you know, I'm in a kid's room playing army. Setup. Yeah, did you hear about the uh, the new one they're coming out with? No. There's a new Toy Soldiers. It's called War Chest. And in this one, actually, uh, you're going to be able to get people like He-Man and Cobra Commander. Oh, I did. See I, this, did yeah. I saw it, yeah, but I didn't know that's what it was part of. That's yeah, cool. it's a part of the Toy Soldiers franchise. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Way too contemporary stuff. for this show, but it's very cool nonetheless. <laughs> it's great for Pick It a Buck. That's what we do on air. Anything. Mm-hmm. Anything goes on Pick It a Buck. Let's talk about Biomechanical Toy for the arcade 1995. First, we start out with the criminal Dickhead Dick Nose. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought his name was Scrubby, but. <laughs> it's, scrub- it's Scrubby, but his nose is a penis, and so is one of his front hairs. He's, He's got, got some Joe Camel thing happening with his face. <laughs> he does, except. <laughs> <He's> very phallic. <laughs> he also looks like the kind of guy who would want kids to smoke. <laughs> yeah. Smoke is dong. Um, he has escaped because the newsman on Toy News shows Scrubby's mugshot. And this is interesting. His prisoner number or the mugshot number is 665. 
Missed by one. Missed by one. <laughs> That's an old joke about uh, that a comedian used to tell about his girlfriend, and he thought his girlfriend was Satan the devil, but the one night he shaved her head and it said 665. Ah, very so, good. Yeah. Scrubby wants to see good on his threat to steal the magic pendulum. The magic mm. pendulum, everybody. Um, yes, everyone knows. Relic, the cuckoo clock, is guarding the magic pendulum, which, first, the guy's <laughs> name is Relic. And second... He's a cuckoo clock. Right there. It's just bad planning. So yeah, maybe have, uh, you know, the dude with the gun watch the magic pendulum. <laughs> How about muscly, steroid-ridden uh, assassin is guarding the magic pendulum? What do you know? Scrubby shows up and he steals the rod stick. And then uh, the title screen of Biomechanical Toy shows up, in which it includes a seizure-inducing name strobe. I actually went into a fit because when I played this, I was on oxycodone. Mm -hmm. And because I take it in conjunction with other drugs that are anti-seizure drugs, I went into a seizure. That's not even Fortunately, I was alone, you know, or else Chiz would have freaked out. I got to tell you, I'm okay now, but last week I was in rough shape. (laughs) (laughs) When we learned the hero's name is not biomechanical toy, it is in Guzzy, in Guzzler. In Guz, I, I just, uh, I want to just call him like dude bro, man. It's in Guzzy, isn't it? Or is it in Guz with an exclamation point? I N G U Z. Okay. In Guz. That's okay, in Guz. And then he's we, super 90s. <laughs> he is. He, he shits and, Pepsi points. And he's just a person. He doesn't look as, like a toy at all. He looks no, like. No, not at all. What, he his, looks like what Steven Seagal wishes he looked like. <laughs> Was there, this game based on that Toy Man movies starring that guy? The Bicentennial Man? (laughs) No. No, it was, uh, oh, fuck. Toy Man and his toy hordes of toys? Puppet Master? No. Muppet Pastors. Well, keep going, keep going. Here I go. Yeah, you think of it. I'm good. I'll figure it out. Well, we find out in Guz (laughs) that uh, the toy world will disappear if he doesn't get back the pendulum. Now, there's an even better reason why you don't let a fucking cuckoo clock guard the thing that's going to make the whole world disappear. Come on! I'm going to go on record, too. It looks nothing like a cuckoo clock. He has numbers. He's got some numbers. He's kind of like a disembodied face with hands. Yeah. He don't look like a clock. He looks like Mrs. Potts, if Mrs. Potts had a mustache. (laughs) The reason I chose that we would go with this rather than... What was the game I wanted us to uh, play and said, Hunchback. Talk about a game from England. Holy fuck. Hunchback, you know, <laughs> you're going back to the 80s. But, uh, it, it, you know, it's sort of like a takeoff of a pitfall, except that you move like... Uh, it's like it's one screen. It's like you move like you have hunchbacks on your feet because <laughs> it's one screen per level and it takes you about five minutes to get across that one screen. But uh, like I almost played hunchback to loop it. I got past the first castle, etc. But I thought that would be too hard to do, especially after what we were exposed to on the summer of stink. So I thought <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, I'll take a little bit of break here. Let's shake it off. Uh, why I thought this was a, a deeper game than just a running gun shooter and some toy elements thrown in. We'll get into that in a little while here. But the game kept surprising me. Mm. It kept hitting me with different elements that I was not expecting whatsoever. The fact that you bounce off the items and enemies to reach yeah. higher hidden items, yeah, that, that cool. blew my mind that that was part of an arcade game. 
And I agree that that was a surprise as well. Because at first glance, when you start to play the game, I think you underestimate what's in there. Because in a lot of ways, this game reminded me of Ninja Clowns because of its weird choices and art direction. Right. But it's more polished of a game. Oh, yeah. It's like if you were to take the weirdness of Ninja Clowns and do what we said on that episode, which is just tweak the controls a little bit and maybe make the artwork a little nicer. That's Mm -hmm. what happens in this game. The controls are decent. The game's just really unbalanced. It's unbalanced, and I think it's good-looking. I like the incredible pace of it. I don't like all the thugs, but it did take me a little while to get used to the frame rate. Mm. Uh, It certainly moves better than Ninja Clowns, where it felt like a DOS game. It's much smoother than that. It looks like it has less than 24 frames per second frame rate. And uh, so it bothered my eyes a little bit until they adjusted, and then I was cool with it. Then I could follow things. And the art direction, as we touched on, super fucking European. But with good animation, I think. With good animation, I think it works for this game. Yeah. And the ground-pounding magnetic, the castle chess piece, you know, I thought, okay, here's here's a dude, but he pounds the ground... And then the ground moves up like the Hulk, like a big bulge, and you got to jump over that. Right. I was expecting maybe a shake of the earth. I wasn't expecting that smooth type of, uh, even though it's pixels coming up and down, I wasn't expecting that ground pound there. And then I certainly wasn't expecting after I jumped over that for him to have a magnetic right. uh, thing going on where he's trying to pull you into him. Yes. So that was very interesting. The reason that I really thought, yes, we should go through with this was exactly for the updraft part. Ah, yes. That that was a nice surprise, too. And that comes early on. You'll be able to get to that if you decide to give this game a try. There's this one part where you see leaves blowing up through this this scaffolding area, and when you get in there, of course, you blow up like uh, Lost Winds or a lot of the other titles that would give you updraft things. Can I give you a pro player tip, too, listener? Hit me. I'm going to recommend this game. I'll jump ahead and say I'm going to recommend it, despite its pitfalls. In that particular set piece where it's blowing you up, your instinct is to push up. Don't do that. (laughs) Right. Because you're going to die over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, You can go left, right, up, and down, and immediately you're going to want to go down, get the little treasures for points, and there's also a uh, gun boost on the left-hand side of that updraft. Mm -hmm. And that'll help you out because I believe the gun power-up in that particular box is sort of like a missile that has a good burst effect so you can take out multiple enemies because as you're going up in this updraft the enemies are flying all over the place and you really have to pay attention to mitigate them so don't just hold up because you'll die immediately i didn't realize that at first you could push down because mm-hmm. my instinct is in most of those games, it's out of your control. You know, you're getting pushed. You right. can't really resist a lot of the time. And I didn't realize you could very easily press down and keep those dragon wheel demon face <laughs> enemies. Sinistar. Yeah, like Sinistar. Sinistar. But they're splitting enemies, which suck yeah. balls. Yes, which are the worst, like uh, slimes or something. So stay near towards the bottom of the screen, keep them at the mm-hmm. top and take them out as you move up. And, like and don't Kyle be afraid said. to go left to right either because right. I, at first I was because I thought like, all right, the leaves aren't blowing there. So if I go to the far right or go to the far left, am I going to drop? That's what I thought too. Yeah. Cause it was, yeah. It's and you scaffolding don't. as well. So you think, oh, maybe it's metal keeping me in there, but yeah, you can be seen right behind it. Yep. And there's a nice bomb power up that uh, eliminates all the enemies on the screen too, all at once. True. Plus, then the choo-choo happened, and uh, any game with a choo-choo, I'm there. Especially a choo-choo with a giant goblin face, like uh, Maximum Overdrive. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the fact that it's a train to hell, no less, well, there you go. 
you guys want to take over a little bit? I'll talk about other things that really impressed me. Now, I want to just take a step back, and I realize that platformers had a certain type tropes that they would all do. They would usually do a flying level, usually a train level or a minecart level, mm -hmm. usually a swimming level. So these are things that I know happened in most action platforming games. I don't give a fuck. I love the trains. <laughs> That's all. Well, what saying. I took away from this game is if you were to sit down with a 10-year-old in 1995 and say, tell me about a video game that I should create as a programmer, I imagine that this is what they would come up with because, yes, it hits on all those tropes that you would expect from an action platformer because of all the influences of the time of Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario. There's springboards and there's, like you said, there's the minecart level or the choo-choo train level. But the, the way that they're handled in this game, again, very surprisingly, it's done very well. And there's interesting set pieces that I was expecting a cash-in title when the game first started because of its arc direction. And while there's certain things where it controls well... It could control a little bit better, but it controls well. The game itself, very unbalanced. They, they dump a lot of enemies on the screen, mm. and I don't feel that there are enough power-ups to justify <laughs> grunt enemies Definitely. or fodder enemies taking multiple shots. Yeah. But there's just little things in there that I'm like, oh, this is interesting, like what I touched on with the rescue mechanic of Metal Slug, which is in this game, Biomechanical Toy, you rescue these little familiars in each level, and they have different sort of attacks that assist you as you're playing. So, like, you'll rescue a little dragon, and he'll breathe fire. You'll rescue a fairy, and she'll shoot, like, a spread shot over the uh, the, the screen. Mm -hmm. And again, not expecting that. Yeah. That's depth in this game I was not expecting. Yeah, you got the, the Blue Genie voiced by the Bicentennial Man. Yeah. <laughs> the Blue Genie's there, yeah. I mean, Which was in Cobbler and the Thief first, everybody. Dad, oh, wait, no, the Genie wasn't. The bad guy in Cobbler and the Thief looked like the Genie from Aladdin. He was a yes. djinn. Yeah, I don't think he was a djinn. I think he was like the Jafar character. Oh. Like Cobbler and Thief... Came out before Aladdin, but it was in production for fucking decades. I think it started yeah. in the seventies. You want to talk about Rains good on animation, finish. unlike Bakshi? Oh my Incredible god! Incredible fucking animation in Cobbler and the Thief. Oh. What was done with the original studio, but in that film, the bad guy who is like the Jafar type character looks identical to Aladdin's genie, which was voiced by Robert Williams. Sorry about the sidebar tangent there. Oh, That's all right. never happened. Never, never. <laughs> to, keep, to keep, obviously, with the uh, game talk, what I was trying to think of earlier, I was reminded of, is a movie called Doll Man, which came out in 1991, which was uh, about an alien man who lands on Earth, okay. but his universe, everything's smaller, so here he's only 13 inches tall, <laughs> Right. so he, he earns the name Doll Man, and I was thinking of the sequel, which is called Doll Man vs. Demonic Toys, which was a cover I would see on my video store shelves, uh, video stores for all the kids out there, you know, <laughs> born after 1996. It was a place where you'd go and rent videos, and a fun thing you always do is walk down the aisle, look at stuff you'd never rent because you were too young, and this was one of those things where it has, like, a real man with a blaster laser pistol shooting a jack-in-the-box <laughs> through the neck with a robot, and, and that's what it made me think of is because, yeah, what is this guy? Is he a real man? Is he just, like, an action doll? He sort of doesn't mean, look like an action figure. He moves like he would if he were in Gunstar Heroes, and that's yeah. why that definitely was one of my making mechanics. Yeah, yeah. this was just a tie-in for Dolph. Man vs. the Demonic Toys, which also came out in 1993, <laughs> which go. was 
as well as a sequel to Dollman, was apparently also a sequel to a movie called Demonic Toys. So suck it, Freddy versus Jason. They did it first. <laughs> oh my God. That was the most Dollman talk that's happened in the last 15 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone listening is going, uh, skip. Dollman is my favorite character on the Freedom Fighters next to the human bomb. Yeah, apparently he also became a comic book character as well, yeah. Well, he he was a comic book character. Oh, he was a comic book character first? Yeah, he was a comic book character like way back in the World War II. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was thinking, and I was also, I was mixing him up with Toy Man from uh, oh. Superman's. Sure, yeah. Superman and Batman. You ever see those guys? Batman and the Superman. I'm Superman. Uh, <laughs> the year I'm uh, game. I think we talked a lot about jumping. We talked a lot about this. But this game, you are constantly firing because there are so many enemies you're constantly shooting your gun and like kyle said you look like a action hero sort of i mean you're cartoony but that's the type of character you are you're jumping around as a gun firing person i didn't finish the game it's actually kind of difficult on normal on easy super uh, difficult yeah yeah I put it on easy and I was kind of breezing through, but uh, I hadn't had a chance to finish it. I'm definitely going to go back and finish it because it is a very fun game and it scratches that Metal Slug itch. But before mm. Metal Slug, which I find really weird, it's like I feel Metal Slug definitely probably pulled a bit from this. It's very reminiscent of it. Hmm. The level design, I felt like could have used some work too. I felt like I was in real tight corners a lot of times with and just le- some level design. My problem with the level design is the first level is very short and the second level is long as hell. <laughs> yeah. You start off and you're like, okay, this is going to be like a Gunstar Heroes fight a couple bosses maybe per level. But no, it in the second level it does that, but you fight like six to eight different bosses and go through <laughs> all these segments like a game show. And right. it's way longer than that first level. I, I mean, I don't know if that was a arcade marketing decision where it's like, make the first one really short and then everyone will feel <laughs> so satisfied. They'll keep popping quarters in on the second level because then we'll make it extra long. I, I'm not entirely sure. And then there's sometimes that a level is just a boss, like you were mentioning the computer virus boss that boss is pretty amazing you're inside of a computer i guess although you're watching computer screens but the boss himself and his projectiles have scan lines yeah that interlaced look yeah and uh, i thought that was a fantastic little accent one thing i know that chris would say about this title is that you had to pray that wherever you were that you would roll over the checkpoint Yes. Because there are checkpoints in this game. So you go through a long level, you at least get to some checkpoints where you will respawn. I guess checkpoints really coming into play either before this or around this, but pretty unusual for like an arcade game. Yeah, and they were pretty generous with those checkpoints too. It felt like when we talked about Liquid Kids a year ago, I said it feels like a game that belonged on the console. And I feel that way very much about that. This would have fit at home on the Sega Genesis or the Super Nintendo Mm -hmm. without a doubt. Sega Genesis, I think it feels like it would. Uh, I don't know, just in its look and feel, it feels like yeah, the style definitely. Yeah, and the, the music and the choices, the music and, and sound effects. I hate to keep sounding like I'm bagging on it, but I'm not. But they're very European choices because the sound effects that were used in this game are identical to a game I talked about again years ago. At this point, Young Merlin, which was like mm. a European knockoff of Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. And the chirps and the, I don't know, the dings and the magical dust sound effects were 
all the same as they are in this game. When you pick up an item and makes that chime, <laughs> that's what it sounded like in that game. <laughs> and the and the, uh, the scan lines you mentioned, Wiggly, the track screen runs the intro. Yeah. And I saw those scan lines. I was like, oh, is the whole game gonna look like this? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't realize it was doing. This is a television screen at first, and I was like, man, this is an ugly oh. game. And then it switched, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I get the gimmick now. I see what it's doing. I was yeah, like, was this a cool is actually effect. a very yeah, and it's a very nice looking game, and it's super duper colorful, which I always appreciate considering uh, the time we live in now where, you know, the last generation, everything was very muddy and gross and brown. Yes. I did like the choice, too, with the computer glitch, because up until that point when you would fight enemies, like little stars would come off of them, Mm -hmm. where with this enemy, the computer glitch, it was zeros and ones. Again, there's it's just a small little example that they cared about what they were putting out. Sure. And I like that one of the foods is a pina colada. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Mm. And lemons. I like that he eats lemons for <laughs> just, just raw. I'm all about those French fries, man. French fries always look so delicious in games. <laughs> and they make you fart. One of the really neat effects uh, as well that I have to draw attention to was in the Castle of Dragons or the Dragon of Castle or the Castle That's of Dragons. That's right, tapped out. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I've never seen the water effects that they did in this area done in this manner for there's water waves uh, like in the level before you're not swimming through them they're just there this one they have water waves as well but it's in the foreground and it's very well animated incredibly well animated but instead of changing the opacity level of the water which i don't know what reason for if they couldn't or mm-hmm. if um or didn't feel like it so whatever reason it's dithered instead so like every other pixel of the sprite is missing mm. and it just looks like nothing I could recall ever in a game. And they also do the same effect with a checkered uh, white room that leads into this flying pigs round. They dither it out. So instead of things becoming transparent because of opacity changes, they're transparent because of dithering the placements of the pixels. You have to see it to understand, but... There's very few times when, after playing so many hundreds of games, where you look at something and you go, wow, I don't think anything else ever used that type of style again. Or maybe it did, I don't know. Here's what I think about the title. I think uh, the backgrounds and the animation, I think, are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, like I said, it was hard to discern in the beginning because of the frame rate and because of the amount of, of colors. I thought that the color choices, which were fantastic, I love the bright colors as well, Keith, but I think they needed to lighten the background a little more so that your foreground, uh, you know, of course, the foreground's always darker and the background's always lighter if you're a drawer of things. Like drawing? Yeah, when you drew. So I think that could have helped a little bit. Uh, Some of the sound effects felt way out of place because I don't think they knew exactly what direction they wanted to go with this. Yeah. Do they want to make Blood Star or do they want to make Toy Story Zero? (laughs) I would have liked to seen a larger arsenal of of guns. One like Contra. I mean, they even took, when you break some bullets out of the box, you even get one bullet, you get a two bullet, or you get that fucking metal, medallion, Mm -hmm. the eagle, just like you do in uh, Contra. Oh, yeah. You know what the eagle medallions do? (laughs) No. You don't? No. No, I, I didn't either. Oh, the, the medallions are actually really cool. As uh, you would say, Wiggly, there is not one button wee-wee action in this. No, there is. There's isn't. a jump button, there's a shoot button, there's your controller. But if you also hit the start button, 
that uses the medallions and you get a fiery phoenix attack on the screen that hits everything and a nice cool like sound effect. Holy fuck. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. I'm dead serious. Yes. In your face. You missed the button that I found. (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck uses start as a button in their game? I just tried it when they would use select. Yeah. Yeah. Assholes. Yeah, I just tried it and it's so satisfying because it's just like Ah! That's what a I need. Fiery needed. phoenix in the middle of the screen and a big fiery attack. Okay, I'm definitely going back to it. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, oh. And now that must make mitigating all those fucking enemies a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's a much better big attack than in most games where it would take some of your health and this mm-hmm. you just pick up more and you can rapidly rack up like three or four of them. <laughs> How did oh you figure God. this out? Because I was trying yeah. to press both buttons. I was trying to press. That's down what I did. And- I, thought it I was just like up in both buttons. Yeah. Down and both buttons, nothing. I couldn't get anything that it was. I don't. I just figured, fuck it, and hit the start button to figure out what they did, and it worked. Uh, right, there you go. There's a better pro player tip. Yeah, you ain't oh, kidding. Fuck me, man. That totally makes up for Juno first, right there. <laughs> uh, I love that game, boy. I think about that game all the time, and it's you know, there's game. there's some other types of games like that that I would love to bring into the mix. Anyway, one of the other things I would have uh, improved on here, I would have liked to have been more standard platforming elements instead of uh, so many thugs just way too many thugs they had that fantastic hidden item jumps in spades man they had so i don't know if you know what i mean but you know how you jump on an enemy's head and then you keep jumping and jumping and jumping well this one you can jump on that and then you end up jumping on some balloons and you keep trying to jump up higher and higher this one stage i swear to god i jumped up 900 feet compared to the size of the character and then he just floats all the way you know flies all the way down can land but it's so amazing because then you jump on those things you find hidden items then you jump back on bugs they have that in spades but i would have liked to have seen more realized standard level jumps you know like um, maybe this is a difficult jump but it's i don't know yeah, they had some of that, but definitely not enough. Like, I remember there was one stage that had uh, another platforming trope for the time. The bridge with the segments that would spin or seesaw as sure. you were standing on that. Yep. It was a welcome trope because it hit those notes of mm-hmm. nostalgia for me, for platformers of the era. But yeah, like I said, some of the level design, it's not like it felt rushed. It just wasn't great level design. It was kind of like hackneyed in points. Well, it is by Zeus. Yeah. Yes. Zeus. Their claim to fame, of course, being, I have no idea, this? Uh, I I don't know. They had a name attached to Zeus. Well, they put out another game for the Commodore Amiga called Risky Woods. Oh, Risky Woods. Holy shit, that's a pretty famous game. Yeah, this apparently by it says the developers are Ricardo Puerto Mm. and Zeus Software. That's right. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yes, of course. I'm no, no, notes. no. That guy Ricardo, his name was all over the credits. He was not only a designer, but he was also a programmer in this, and so, a player. <laughs> yeah, he played yeah, it. And then he, he might made have played Risky it. Woods for the Amiga. Yeah, Risky Woods is uh, a boy. I wish I had somebody on here that could elaborate on that. But I'm published my brain's by fried. EA apparently in 1992. That was a something of a game. I like oh, there's I said, a Mega I'm, Drive version as well. I'm gone on it though. Oh. <laughs> By the way, after after you win, you give the jewel back. Of course, mm-hmm. you know everything's cool. Cuckoo clock is all happy, <laughs> and uh, happy end. 
<laughs> it says happy end. It says happy end. And it says it in the weirdest kerning you've ever seen. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, letting. Letting would be between words. Yes. Yeah. The weirdest letting you've ever seen. Like happy is on top all the way to the left and then end is sort of in the middle of happy but below it and also bang to the left it's very <laughs> i don't know but craggy yeah. <laughs> i guess ricardo's son made the happy end for that i'm not sure <laughs> and oh, there is a, a picture of a little kid too that's right yeah, at the end of stage three, you pull into a station, and I guess there's a big bureau, and there's like a picture Wait, of a that, big that's baby. The, and I'm yeah. like, what developer put his kid's picture in this game, and where is he now? That was Train to Hell, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's when it pulled so in the port. So after the Train to Hell baby pictures. Yes. Hey, every, everyone knows, hell is parenthood. <laughs> final takes, final takes, Keith. Final takes, uh, awesome game. If I'm actually going to go back and try to finish this since I didn't get a chance to, definitely recommend it for anyone who's a fan of Metal Slug and the run and gun genre, your Contras and whatnot. It gives me the feel that someone had this idea for this game and this world and maybe wanted it to at some point be bigger than this. Mm -hmm. You know, like the opening screen looks almost like a blueprint where it has the character's face and the enemy's face and these lines that make it look like it was almost unfinished. I'm not sure, but cool game definitely recommend it uh if i knew about this back in 93 i definitely would have pumped a lot of quarters into this game we keep mentioning contra and 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 run and gun and you know it's hard to hammer home because it is like two games were mashed together like they were working on a toy based game and they were working on a blow them up type of game yeah and they're like well we got these great enemies and backgrounds for our toy alice in wonderland game mm -hmm. but we got a great playable character for this shooter game where that's kind of generic so we'll just throw him in this world dude bro in wonderland <laughs> bro. they could have called this how about when you jump on the darts that's yeah i thought that was that. neat yeah those the sequence where you can just you can kind of duck and wait for them to hit the wall and jump up and they keep shooting up at you and in that area if you go to the right where the darts would be coming from that's where you could go really high up and then you kick it back down and uh, so many hidden little levels on this that's that's one of the reasons i would go back because as you go on you get sort of tired of just constantly firing and shooting at the at the thugs so i would probably go back and try to hit some of those hidden areas that i didn't hit final thoughts kyle I think this is a great platform game, and for a developer like Zeus, this game is a lot better than some of the more well-known developers. Rather, what games were being put out by well-known developers at the time in this genre? There were a lot of bad platformers put out by more well-known developers. This is a good game. It's not great. It's good. I think you'll have a lot of enjoyment with it. Like I said, there's a couple little pitfalls. I wish it was two-player simultaneous. I think that would be more fun. I, the levels would have to be expounded upon a little bit more for that to happen because I just think they're just too congested. I think it's worth a look. I think you're going to enjoy it if you are, like Keith said, a fan of the Metal Slugs or the Gunstar Heroes, and you're going to enjoy the weird choices that we discussed with, I don't even think we got too deep with it, but there's just a lot of weird enemies in there, and this is just something a little different. And it's a good one-player experience. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a little bit of strategy too. You know, and bosses here's a have nice tip. patterns you can follow and you know yes. feel like, all right, I got him because I figured out how he moves. 
Here's a great pro player tip as well. When you collect the eagle medallions, <laughs> hit the start button for a uh, screen bomb to clean hey! clean off all those enemies. There. Yeah, yeah. Sponsored by Keith the Robo Duke. <laughs> mm. It, it, it Holy is really shit, cool now I have style. to go back and play the game. I was, yeah. I was getting fatigued by that. I got up to the castle with the dragon. I just kept dying. I'm like, I can't do anymore. And that particular part of the game, I think is like the sixth stage. Oh, so wow. I, I got pretty go. deep. I love any uh, synthesized bird screech noise. I don't know what it is. I, I fucking love it. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of, you know, like 94.3, the hawk birds. <laughs> 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 The enemy design is very interesting, the choices there. But just like Ninja Clowns, you'll be in the first level, which is going through the woods or something. You'll fight a chess piece, but you don't get to the chess board till later in the game. So they do spatter these very level-centric themed characters throughout the game. That leads to it being tedious, but also leads to it being weird like Ninja Clowns was when you had a bearded lady going around the pirate level or something. Right. (laughs) Which there was no pirate level. Okay. Hit me. I was going to say, your flasher guys and Ninja Clown. Yeah. Who knows why? There were no flashers in this one. Yeah, and nobody's going to reach down your pants in this game. No, no. Very, very family friendly, this game. As long as you don't mind. Trains to just hell. Blown up. Yeah, and trade to hell. And uh, pina coladas. <laughs> That's in there for the moms. If you like pina coladas <laughs> and taking trains to hell. <laughs> More parrot head stuff. (laughs) Parrot head stuff, yeah. Yes. Okay, so this is a part of the show where we treat the game like a movie, and we come up with a byline for the movie game. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Biomechanical toy. Small soldier. Big problems. (laughs) Oh, is that a movie, Small Soldiers? Yes, it is. And it's about... uh, Toys, toys fighting, are, right? Yeah, it's about uh, a set of nice, pacifistic, you know, toys to help children develop or whatever <laughs> versus the soldier toys here to kick your butts. They try to fucking kill people. I liked that movie a lot back in the day. There's a great moment where I think a mom says to her son, like, are you smoking the cracks? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it was just a really funny line. Like, I was like, that's a golden line because that is something a parent would have said. <laughs> In the 90s. But yeah, cool movie. Go check out Small Soldiers. Don't go watch Doll Man. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle? Biomechanical toy. It's some of those things. I have no idea. Anymore. Anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's really good. Thanks no, for not. thanks for uh, you know preparing we're, for the show. We're not <laughs> toying around anymore. No more. <laughs> no more. <laughs> All right, I'll wrap it up. Biomechanical toy. Happy end. <laughs> I could have did that. Yeah, you could have, but you didn't. <laughs> did. Happy yeah, end. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too late. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Okay. Biomechanical toy. Time's up for relic. He's a fucking Google clock. Come on. He Fuck is. Fuck you guys. He is. I like it. I like it. Pendulum. That's yeah. just Because that's what they do with movie taglines. They, they use a character's name that you haven't been introduced to right. yet. Right. So you're confused. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm very excited about Shoot Timber. I cannot wait. Finally going to be part of it and part of the big thing. Hey. Yes, Dink. What's going on? Yeah, I lied. You're fired. Wait, me? No, no, I think he means me because... That's it, right. Because it's schmup timber and you're out. What? 
boy. Stink, you can't just make moves like that. You know, there's a system here in place. We contact guests. We schedule shows. You can't just remove Wiggly from the team like this. I got to tell you something. I fully expected this. I, I booked a vacation. <laughs> yeah, well, this time you ain't coming back, too. Wait, so what? Stay in wherever you're going. Yeah, probably downstairs. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot. It's been it's been great doing We Talk Games. I enjoyed working with you. I'll be Wait. back next month. I doubt it. No, you can't go. That's what everybody said last year. <laughs> I say it every year. I'll see you in a month. Enjoy your vacation. Stinky, I'll see you in hell. Choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, hit the bricks, pal. All right, is everybody ready for Schmuptember? Uh, I guess I'm ready. Hashtag it, baby. Hashtag it. Are you going to help me coordinate with the special guests we planned? Because, uh, no. What do you mean, no? What do I need to do? I need. I, you got to reach out and let the special guests know what games we're playing. Okay, I'll do that. You just got to follow the list. Yeah, I'll follow the list. It's just that easy. ABC, it, I go. It's not ABC. I'll send, uh, You have a link, but I'll send you the link again. Okay. Just make sure you follow that list. Are we giving hints for, uh, I guess we already talked about what the first week of Schmuptember is going to be. No, we didn't. I lied about that, too. Oh, okay, great. Yes. Yeah. Um, why don't you give a hint, and it probably won't be that game. No more. My hint is... I hope you like space vampires and space cats. Go. Uh, my hint is, if you thought biomechanical toy would give you a seizure, just wait. <laughs> okay, everybody, I'll wait. And uh, welcome to Schmuptember soon. Hashtag yourself and go around and follow We Talk, at We Talk Games and at uh, Keith RoboDuke and at everybody's and at Schmuptember. Bye. Hashtag Schmuptember. Yeah, whatever. Stinky, this is this is our show. You gotta help us promote it. I don't know. Hashtag your favorite shmups with Schmuptember and follow us all month long for four exciting weeks of shooters. Four weeks? Holy shit! That's 31 games. Holy what? shit, I didn't know you were so bad at math. <laughs> okay, here we go. Got it.